Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Divorcist. Now, Divorcist is the gift registry for the newly single. It was launched in March 2022 by two mums, Eliza and Elizabeth, and they're also feminist activists. And it's the first service of its kind to cater specifically to the privacy and security needs of people in relationship transition. So through providing a supportive community and joyful retail experience, Divorcist hopes to make divorce and breakups a dignified stage of life. So I am super excited to welcome the two powerhouses behind Divorcist, Eliza and Elizabeth, to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. And I'm really excited to find out what you guys are doing. But first of all, tell us, tell us a little bit about both of you and how did you meet? Because obviously you've set up something really impressive here. I'm keen to go back to the beginning and find out where that idea came from. Uh, so we live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is a smallish city um, in the upper Midwest, right on Lake Michigan in the USA. And, you know, if you... If there are two women doing badass feminist things um, in a small town, eventually you meet and you get margaritas. <laughs> I love it. It's, I love it's it. The margar- it's the margarita law. Yes. That brought us yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and so um, Beth has a long history in um, publishing and writing and digital marketing. Um, and I have kind of a background that bridges um, writing and journalism and activism, um, working for political organizations here in the US. So yeah, we just kind of came together and realized we had a skill set that kind of fit together. Yeah, so tell, then- tell me, yeah, Elizabeth, tell me a bit about what skill set is this that we wanna, we wanna know more about? Well, our skill set is that we um, are very loud and not afraid <laughs> to ask for things, um, which is kind of a unique trait too to people here in the Midwest, where we're all women. We're generally a little bit quieter and you know a little bit shy and a little bit like, oh, this is fine. I'll just run around with this nail in my head. I won't want to complain or anything. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we saw a need and we decided to um, address it. Um, Eliza had a friend way back who was. Um, who had been left in a terrible way and she was like hey anybody have a toaster for my friend she posted on all the socials and um i responded oh my gosh divorce registry should be a thing and then we just decided to make it a thing and we were sure that it was a thing so we like looked at it we googled we're like okay this has got to be this right. has to already exist but it didn't so um now we have divorces and it's the the hook of it is that it's a gift registry for people going through divorce. You know, when you get married, it's lovely to get things and celebrate and you have a baby, 
it's important to get things and celebrate. Um, but you can also celebrate this next phase of life um, for, yeah. for better or worse. And you more often than not do need a toaster and a blender and a microwave more so than when you're getting married, maybe. I yeah, see. So I, this is set up to help people going through a breakup, divorce. Does it have to be a, a divorce? Can it be any kind of breakup? Any breakup. Any breakup. Yeah, we've even had someone use it for their wedding registry. <laughs> so, yeah, ironically, we've just got nice things. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, one thing we really try to be is relationship agnostic. So it doesn't matter if you've got that formal piece of paper or not. Heartbreak is heartbreak. And, you know, particularly when we're thinking about, you know, the LGBTQ community, we often don't have that formal acknowledgement that, you know, and you know, if we restricted ourselves just to formal legal marriages, we're really leaving a lot of people out in the cold. So we try to honor all kinds of relationships and all kind of heartbreak because we think they're all equally valid. So, okay, this sounds like a really good idea. So you're going through a breakup or a divorce. Um, and again, as you said, this affects everyone on the planet really over the age of maybe, I don't know, is it like 14 now 15 probably but anyway yeah it's pretty much anyone goes through a heartbreak and if you have been with someone and you're splitting up homes I guess that's where this really comes in because you're dividing everything up so and finances are tight so is this really sort of a way that people can help um you know is it people you know or is it just a charitable thing where people can go on and see who needs help I mean how does it usually work? It can be either. Um, we Privacy was really important for us when we were building this. So um, you can list your registry as public or very, very private. It could be absolutely impossible to find you. Um, but yes, you can also just browse the, the registries that are public. We've had a lot of people start one on behalf of their sister or best friend. And it also includes a cash fund. So you know whether or not you actually need or whether or not you know what you need yet, mm -hmm. you can start um, saving up and collecting money for legal fees and the, the horrible expense of it all. Yeah. What we kind of think of is, you know, that question we've all gotten, which is, how can I help you? What do you need? And that's lovely and well-intentioned, but it also kind of puts the burden on the person going through the grief to advocate for themselves. And we think that's kind of unnecessary. And when you have other forms of stress and grief in your life, there's like infrastructure to support you. There's kind of a vocabulary and a language to help you through that. We really want to make divorce and breakups that kind of dignified and equivalent experience. So we like to say divorce is the answer when people ask, how can I help? Um, instead of doing that mental work and spending that energy and advocating for yourself, you can just send them a link and it's all there. I love the name Divorce Sister. It's pretty cool. So, okay, so they set up their own list. So is it like when, I mean, in the UK, I think we call them wedding lists, not wedding registries. Mm -hmm. And that's right. a US term, but I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I may be wrong on that, but I, I know I had a wedding list, not a wedding registry. But anyway, so you have the you have the list. Do you have to choose then everything that you want to go on that like you would for a wedding and, and put all the things that you, you want on that list? Yeah, so we have a curated collection of homewares and gifts um, in our online store. Really beautiful things like sheet sets and um, appliances and plates and cutlery and all those things. Um, or, what do you call it? Silverware? Silverware. Silverware slash cutlery. 
Um, and yeah, so you go through and pick out your favorites. We encourage people to get the things they want and the things they need. And in addition to that, there's the cash fund. Um, so that's, you know, specifically designed to help with things like legal fees or the costs of moving house, or just when you're not quite sure what you will need as you step into that next phase. And is there a cost to set that up? No, no. Um, when you are using Divorces Registry, you never pay a dime. It's all free to use. Um, and then we make our money by, you know, selling products through our store. Um, we try to keep things as reasonable as possible and just a teeny tiny markup to pay our bills. Um, and then with the cash funds, that's free as well. Um, but you do have the option to kind of chip in and tip us um, to help, you know, cover just the operating costs of running that system. Wow, that's amazing. It sounds, it sounds really interesting. What about things like underwear? Because I think one of the first things that we need to chuck out when your, your relationship is underwear. That's yeah. a good idea. That's a great idea. Lingerie. Divorces lingerie. We need Ooh, that. Yeah. We could do branded lingerie. That sexy lingerie or just like a new fresh pair, you know, just because yep. you need them. Because yes, you don't want to most... be wearing the same old undies. One of the most popular items on our registry is the sheet sex. Because, yeah, you need fresh bedding. If anyone you know around the world is wondering what gift yeah. to get, fresh bedding for your divorced friends. Yeah, fresh bedding, and then if you're close, underwear. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, maybe a voucher so it doesn't get too awkward. But maybe just <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and Summers will start paying us now. <laughs> yeah, that could be a, an interesting uh, diversion for you there. Okay, so have you guys been through breakups, and is that why you're passionate about this area? Yeah, um, I've been divorced twice. So um, we say we've got two divorces between us and I've got both of them. So <laughs> you're welcome, Eliza, no big deal. Um, you know, the first time I got married and divorced was when I was just younger and stupid and just felt like I should get married for the sake of it because everybody was. And it was a beautiful wedding. I had the nicest wedding. It was lovely. Um, and then the second time I got married, it was just like, bam, I was so in love with this guy. It was just like, wow, God put me in this person's life for a reason this is it this is the rest of my this is my happily ever after um and then that fizzled up super fast um once I got pregnant so yeah then my my most influential and worst of the two divorces was when my son was about a year and a half two years old and we were just um going through it and it turns out he wasn't the person I thought he was whoops having known him for three months what who could have predicted that um but yeah it got it got really ugly and really expensive and I had the most supportive friends and family, um, so grateful. So I always knew that I was gonna be okay like for money because I knew my mom would help and um, all my friends were so amazing. But when they were trying to be helpful, sometimes they would just send me like article after article. My sister was very screw um, concerned about not screwing up my kid. She, she, they're very close. Um, so she wanted to make sure that I wouldn't mess that up. Um, so she would send me just, you know, random articles on you're doing this wrong or you're doing this right. It's pretty much always wrong. Um, and so, yeah, so when we developed this, when we developed the content side of things, I really wanted to make sure that what we had was a reliable source for people just to go here. No, no reason to just like look on all the other scary sites, go to divorce, go to divorces, get, um, get the information you need 
from reliable, trusted sources. So yeah, it was more, for me, it's more the information content and Eliza was very committed to having the, um, the durable goods available mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the information and the content on there. So what can you find out on there as well? So um, like situations like how to co-parent your pets. Um, when is it, when should your child see a therapist? Um, do you want to have a, a arbitrated divorce or do you want to have a mediated divorce? All your options basically from, you know, the contemplation, contemplation stage of, oh, I think I should be going to um, co-parenting after. So we really run the gamut. Yeah. One of our most popular articles is, um, can I continue seeing my stepkids? Because, um, you know, people Ooh, yeah. break up their blended families. And, you know, what a tricky situation that is. Because as a step parent, at least in the United States, you have no legal rights to these children that maybe you raised since they were tiny. And maybe you do have a relationship with them. So, and yeah. if it goes bad with your with your ex, then, yeah. And I think in that case, people are just reaching out for any information they can to validate that, you know, their grief matters and that their, their position as parents and step parents and carers is, acknowledged um that's yeah a really tough situation and people are really just desperate for that kind of information that seems to be in a bit of a vacuum absolutely and as both women and feminists and activists you know what is the state of divorce in the U.S. like is there still that big stigma do you find and and how do how does the female role play out with that yeah, it depends on what state you're in. Each state has their own divorce laws. Um, I know Texas is much more likely to give the mother, I mean, again, not for better or worse, to give the mother more custody and to just like assume that the mom is going to take care of the child. Um, Wisconsin is pretty much 50-50, like no matter what, you could be the worst person and you would still have 50% access to your child under under most situations. Mm-hmm. Um so it's, it's not great. There's still a lot of stigma um, in some communities, you know, depending on like what your what your faith background is, what your what your upbringing is. Um, yeah, I never when I was getting divorced, I didn't feel that there was a stigma just because I knew that it was absolutely the thing that I had to do. So nobody was like, I mean, I guess even if they were like, oh, wow, I would I didn't care because I knew that it was something I had yeah. to do. Yeah, I think um, where we live. Um, there's a very large Catholic community, and I think that still, um, you know, has a big influence. Like my mother-in-law um, has been divorced twice, and you know she's not allowed to take communion, and she sits in the pew when the rest of the family goes up, and you know that has to sting. Um, and you've got to take that, you know, out of the church and into the rest of your life. So I think there's a lot of ways to go, um, and I think. You know, it's also worth saying we're both white ladies. You know, I'm an immigrant, but we're both Caucasian. And that has a big significance here in America. I'm not sure if you've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big variation across um, racial identities in how divorce is treated. Um, and yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that. I think it's significantly easier um, for white people um, because of the the cultural trappings, but also just, you know, the access to resources, um, you know, the um, economic advantages that we innately have here. That's really like interesting to hear. And I guess, you know, everybody's different too, right? So everybody deals with things differently and there's different beliefs. And as you said, different faiths that look at things 
in different ways, but also communities and attitudes and also generations. You know, I think millennials now have a much more, you know, sort of approach of being open minded to these things. There's not so much stigma, um, whereas maybe older generations still see those certain patterns and that maybe is why they're stuck so, so much. Is that what you see in the States? Yeah, I mean, I think part of why divorces is working and why this idea resonates with people is, you know, I'm 34, I'm a classic right bang in the middle of the millennial generation. We expect there to be digital tools to help us through everything, right? Like there's, I've got an app for my cat, you know? Um, <laughs> so why wouldn't we expect to go to the app store and look for resources for a divorce when we kind of age into that phase of life? So, you know, we're trying to build the technology that not just helps people, but that people really expect and deserve. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I do, do see that, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, I'm 47. So for me, I don't go to an app first. I'd rather pick up a phone and speak to a human being. But that's not always easy these days. <laughs> you should get some, some sort of robot telling you to press three and then that doesn't work. And then by the time you've had a mental breakdown just trying to get through the phone system. Right, you're just crying. You don't, you don't need that on, on the worst day of your no. of your life. No. No, not at all. No, no, no. In fact, yeah, it'd be nice just to get a hug, wouldn't it? So at the end of the day, these things are quite challenging. But I guess, you know, we all, and, and, and it doesn't really matter when you're born, we all have our own beliefs and also our own resilience to cope with stress. So, you know, divorce is tough for everyone. But if you're someone that manages to, you know, cope pretty well with stressful or high anxiety situations, you might manage to get through it with, you know, less uh I don't know what you call it, trauma than somebody who really can't cope with even small things in life on a day-to-day -day basis. So again, we've got to look at everybody as an individual, I think. That's something I've learned along the way, dealing with thousands of different people around the world. But I think definitely generations uh, does come into it and beliefs and, and stigma. So when people are going through a breakup, do you find that people you know, are embarrassed to say, well, actually, I've got this account set up. You know, Could you give me something? Because it Sometimes, I mean, I'm British, so maybe that is more for so for me, but, you know, asking for help or asking right. to say, you know, can you give me some money is, is quite a hard thing to do, right? It's expected with weddings, though, isn't it? It's expected with baby showers, but is it expected with breakups? No, yeah. And we've gotten a lot of pushback from, honestly, mostly men saying, well, I'm not going to pay for your divorce. That's ridiculous. So we, we're not, we had to kind of strike the right tone in, in communicating what we're doing. You know, it's not just like, hey, I'm breaking up, give me presents. It's, hey, I'm breaking up, I don't have what I need and it's scary, this is how you can show your support. Yeah, we've included a lot of talking points for people, like encouraging them to ask and this is how you might approach it. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, always giving people the option of, if you're not comfortable asking for yourself, everybody knows that it's way more comfortable to ask for your friend. Like I will advocate for my friend forever before I say, could I have an aspirin please? Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess that's a good way to do it. Yeah. One thing, you know, we're trying to do is just, you know, it's a challenge in business to convince our users that they should make use of what we have available, right? You know, car companies don't have that challenge. You buy a car and you drive it. So we found that, yeah, people are quite nervous about asking for help, but, you know, we've been able to kind of build that into the tech. So when you create your registry at the final step, it invites you just to put in the email addresses of five to 10 friends. And then those people will get an email saying like, hi, you're, you're 
your good friend of Sarah, um, she needs some help right now. Here's the link to, to what she needs. So just kind of automating it and making it um, easy, but also feel really personal so that we're taking on that burden for people because we're very comfortable asking for gifts and money and presents all day. <laughs> so let's like, we'll take that on for you so you can get on with the business of healing and taking care of yourself and your family. I like, I like that idea because I, I think that could be quite awkward. Um, but yeah, do you find that most people who get an email then do actually say, yeah, okay, I'll help? Yeah. Um, yeah, the support um, can be quite overwhelming, um, you know, when it works, when it, when it happens, when the community does show up for people. Um, the cash fund um, is working really well um, because, you know, it's just so easy and people can see um, the immediate benefit of just contributing cash. Um, we encourage people to kind of give a bit of a pitch when they're setting up their registry and describe, um, you know, what they need the resources for. And a lot of the time it's for kids. It's to, you know, keep them in summer sport or, um, you know, pay school fees, things like that, just to provide that continuity. And I think it's those registries where it's not necessarily about the, the individual, but it's about their family well-being. Those are the ones that have the most success. Sorry, um, I was just going to say that whenever kids are involved, I think that does tug at the heartstrings a lot more, doesn't it? And it's like, right, okay, I don't, I don't can't see a, a child suffer. So yeah, here you go. Right. So yeah, I right. think that's good. Um, and I was going to talk about your your better off boxes because that to me sounds awesome. So tell us a little bit there about what is a better off box? Yeah, it's um it's a collection of items inspired to make a person feel loved and appreciated and empowered even from afar. Um, I had two notable um, care packages when I was getting divorced. One from my friend Stella in Ireland, who and I like I still use like the nice um, comfy. Um, pashmina shawl that she gave me to this day and my best friend Stephanie in New York sent me um, a collection that included like brightening eye stuff to like even if you don't feel like it you can at least like look like you're somewhat together like you haven't been crying for 12 right, hours right right yeah. so yeah we <laughs> we put together a bunch of items um meant to meant to make you feel good you, yeah. you know the more the details of the items yeah so I mean we we want it to feel like a box of comfort when you open it up you know we um just had someone in ohio ship them um, ship one to a friend in florida you know it's just so personal um and so when you open up the first thing you see is a handwritten note i write the notes because my handwriting is better it's true yeah <laughs> um later you know, strengths yeah with a custom note that you know that whoever's purchasing the box writes um, and so it feels really intimate um, and getting this, you know, written on a piece of paper, it feels really warm. Um, and then you have, you know, things like bath salts and tea and uh, yeah, a lovely little blanket that doubles as a beach towel um, for that, you know, divorce vacation that we know is so important. Mm -hmm. And um, just, you know, those little touches. That affirmation feel, cards. Yeah, yeah. positive affirmation. Yeah. Um, and one thing we're really proud of um, is the self-care checklist. So this is designed Ooh. to just put on your fridge and it's got things like drink water. No, really drink water. <laughs> like go outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you spoken to someone who doesn't live in your house? Do that. Um, and, you know, just 
like things that really tell you that you're in survival mode right now and that's okay. Um, and I think that's exactly what I would have loved to receive when I was heartbroken. Sounds great. And what's the price range for those? Um, we sell them um, at $59 US. So what's that about? 40 pounds? Yeah. yeah 45 pounds, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Sounds good. Yeah, so well, that, is that available around the world or is it only just for US? US and Canada at this point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when are you going global, girls? That's what we need to know. Yeah. We, yeah. Need, we need to figure out, um, we could probably just figure out international shipping. It would be, it That's would be, true. I mean, if people, if, if you want to, if, if people can afford the more pricely, costly shipping, yeah. we'll send it anywhere. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's just a button just, on the website. Just, we'll figure that out. Don't worry. Just, just email us. We'll we'll send you a better off box. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> Yay! And, there you go, everyone. Yeah. We've got we've that was global shipping right around now, the world now. Around yeah. the world. Brilliant. We do, um, we do obviously have a plan for world domination, as all good feminists should. Um, but what we want to do is be really thoughtful about it, because divorce laws obviously change from country to country but also the culture surrounding divorce changes. Um, and, you know, in America, you know, part of the reason why we have a divorce cash fund is because America doesn't have a welfare state. And like when my sister separated from her partner in Scotland, the government came in and helped her and said, you know, really? Oh, this is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But she had two little kids and the UK government said, raising kids is a job and we'll pay you to do it. And, you know, we'll pay you essentially a salary, not a big one, but enough to get by. Benefit system we have here. Yeah, we call it the benefit yes, system. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. you're entitled yeah, to a pay right. payment every right. month. Yeah, absolutely. And until your youngest kids start school. And so that enabled her to be a stay-at-home mom. And then her kids started school. And then she went back to work as an engineer. And there was such a dignity to that. In America, that doesn't happen. You are all on your own um you might get benefits you might get some help with healthcare, but by and large there's yeah so if your ex it. isn't going to help or then you know toxic and they you know they're, they're leave you high dry. or if you're in an abusive relationship and it's you know you have to flee you know your top concern isn't just your physical safety but your financial safety so, you know, women, particularly in America, are just so vulnerable. So that's really the need here. And in other jurisdictions, it's not the case. And so when we... Like in Australia, about, like that's where you're from. So where, yeah. where, where what's, it, what's the situation in Australia, Eliza? I think it's probably a bit of a hybrid. I mean, we're, we're definitely closer to the UK culture-wise, you know, part of the Commonwealth. And we do have a welfare state and things like Medicare. It's not quite as good as the NHS and they're trying to drill holes in it every day. But yeah, there is something to catch you. Australia generally won't let you starve. But we also know that there is an absolute epidemic of violence against women um, happening in Australia right now. There are so, so many Australian women um, and children being murdered by husbands and fathers. It's devastating and so much of the culture seems to not acknowledge that and think that you know harm against women is permissible and in some ways inevitable so you know if we were to launch Divorcist Australia that would yeah. be a big focus it would be about navigating Centrelink and the benefit system um how to you know get all your kids back onto Medicare after Medibank 
I'm going back into the archive here for these words. It's been too long. But then, you know, thinking, you know, if we were to launch uh, Divorces UK, we'd have to have guides on, you know, enrolling in universal credit, all those things. And then we would launch Divorces Ireland and say, you know, we're all, we're all Catholic. How does this work? You know? So it's about the practicalities, but also the culture and the language about these things. So yeah, yeah we want to, we can't just take Divorces USA and cookie cutter it across the world because it, it wouldn't work. So mm. yeah, if, that, if you launch, you know, divorces to South Africa, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to spend some time there. Okay, yeah. fab. Well, uh, this is great, guys. And I think it's really interesting. And your personal stories and your personalities obviously shine through. So it's really exciting. Tell tell everybody where they can find out more about what you're doing and, and visit your website. Yeah, so uh, go to divorcist.com. So D I V O R S T. C I S T. Let me do that again. <laughs> I'm bad, notoriously yeah. bad at this. You do it. Yeah, so you can go to our website, divorcist.com, D I V O R C I S T.com, and follow us on any of the socials, and we will be here for you. Awesome. Okay, so I have one last question that I ask all my guests which is my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. So I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you. So even when you're going through some of these difficult times that you've been talking about, that you can tap into your own happiness to cheer you up along the way. So what is happiness for both of you, Eliza? I just had an image come to mind of um, just sitting in my garden with a good cup of tea um, that I've perfected in America <laughs> don't trust anyone else to make it and I'm just watching my little girl play and it's just you know we're in our little bubble and we're happy and you know I know that you know I can pay the mortgage next month and that sense of just security it's so simple but so precarious for a lot of people that's what comes to mind especially yeah and Elizabeth yeah, um, when when I was getting divorced, it really, you know, it was the worst ever, but it really helped um, simplify things for me. So at the end of the day, I knew that if my child was happy and okay, everything was going to be okay. So maybe that was a little unfair for me to put all of the burden on him, but it's, it's gotten less so. Um, but finding happiness for me during that time and still was if I could make him giggle uncontrollably. And sometimes to the point of just wetting his little diaper pants, um, then I knew that it was going to be okay and that this was happiness for me. So it's it's still, if I can make my kid laugh every day, then then I'm happy. Yeah, I often think it would be great just to can that laughter. Because for us single parents where the kids go between houses, that's the thing I miss the most. When my son's not there, there's that not that laughter rippling through the house from wherever he is or whoever friends he's playing with or gaming with. I wish you could just count that and when he's not here, play it because I think it would be a great, great thing to to, to have on your uh, on That's your divorce registry. Like well. A live this a live audio feed of your ex's house. So you know that they're getting <laughs> not so much that, too. but <laughs> that would just sound causing more heartbreak. That was terrible. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Sounds that's like true. trauma rather than happiness. But yeah, anyway, I love it. <laughs> okay, we won't put that on the no, Just know, guys, that that came from the one that was married, not the yeah. one that is divorced. <laughs> 
I feel like I've got a pretty good idea what goes on in my ex's house. Oh guys, it's been so great to speak to you. You're such empowering women. I love your personalities and your energy shines through. And I know you're doing this to help so many people. So I wish you all the best of luck and thank you for being such fabulous guests. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, thank you. Have a lovely evening. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to divorces.com to find out more about Elizabeth and Eliza's work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sarah's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.